0: Scott, have the Wolves won a game since our last episode? No. Has there been any improvement in the team lately? Nope. Well, at least we have Carl Anthony Towns. Is our franchise Cornerstone healthy? No. Well, dang. This is bad. Are we still going to do a show? Welcome to episode 125 of Wolvescast. The show that did not receive any Timberwolves gifts for Christmas. It's hosted by myself and my brother. I'm Neil. I'm Scott. Merry Christmas, everybody. Still got some good gifts. Yeah, we still got some good gifts, but as the prophecy predicted, no Timberwolves. No Timberwolves stuff. Yeah. You you called
1: it. Yeah, it was a predicted, and it was predicted. We're always correct about it, so (laughs) no surprise there, I guess, but. We had a jolly, uh, you know, Christmas at home, Prior Lake, with the family. Yes. Watch Home Alone 2, which is the best part of every Christmas. Classic. So, i uh, feeling rejuvenated, you know. It's yeah. it kept my mind off those Timberwolves for at least 24
0: hours. Yeah, once again, the Wolves did not play on Christmas, so, you know, we watched a little bit of Lakers-Clippers and a couple of the other games, uh, a little bit of basketball, but yeah, I don't, I don't really have much basketball on my Christmas. It's just the way my day goes, you know, and... Some people sit sit there and just watch basketball all day, and I guess that would be nice. But you sounds know.
1: like some Wolves fans found relief in the fact that yeah. the Golden State Warriors beat the Houston Rockets, hey, and so hey, go. if they can beat the Houston Rockets, maybe we're not just terrible for losing that to them earlier in the week.
0: But yeah, we are recording this on uh, the twenty sixth, uh, the day after, the day after Christmas here in our final episode of twenty nineteen. Right, Scott, we're here, and uh, yeah, as as we record this, Wolves are about to tip off. Against uh, the Sacramento Kings. So they're playing. We're recording. It's all good. We'll figure it out No towns tonight. No towns. We do know that. Yep. He's missing his uh, fifth straight. Neil will be at the game on
1: Saturday against the Cavs, a.k.a. our best chance of not going winless for the month of December. (laughs) We haven't looked it up. I haven't heard his stats. Have we ever gone winless for a month? Probably, knowing this franchise. Yeah,
0: it seems likely. It's been pretty brutal. Yeah, I think we saw, I think they had a graphic on the FSN broadcast of like longest winning or losing streaks for the Wolves. And I think there was like a tw- like 22, I think was the biggest one. Yeah, no, uh, we, so, we yeah. covered
1: that in our game two weeks ago yes, when we yes. thought, man, let's strike with the irons hot on this losing streak stuff. I had a game about some of the worst losing streaks in Wolves history to make us all feel better. And here we go again. Uh, this <laughs> is our fifth week in a row yes. where we've been stuck on 10 wins on the season. But oh. we'll get into that. We're going to do our week recap, uh, then full court press. We're going to talk about New Year's resolutions, both for us and for the Timberwolves. We're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite Wolves memories of the year, and then also touch on our favorite and least favorite Wolves memories of the decade. So, big retrospective as a way of not talking about the current team as much as we can. Yeah, care. really. Great. Uh, as always, we'll have a sponsor. and can't wait for you to hear that. We're going to play a game of Worried slash Not Worried. And we're going to wrap
0: it up with our weekly Wolfies in a game, as normal. Absolutely. But right now, it's time for Week Recap. Yes, the Timberwolves, as you mentioned, still have not won. Still stuck on 10 wins, the fifth podcast in a row, stuck on 10 wins, 10 and 19 right now as we record this, 19th in offense, 20th in defense, somehow we have improved in the last three games, (laughs) lost three games since our last show, but hey, Offense is up, uh, up one notch from, from 21st, and their net rating is 22nd. Uh, but yeah, the road trip, uh, as we mentioned, is currently wrapping up in Sacramento, but the Wolves have lost all the other games in the, in the West Coast road trip. It started uh, last Friday in Denver. Uh, Towns missed the entire uh, week uh, since we've recorded so, you're yeah, not worried at
1: all about it. No, it's all
0: good. Yeah, he's you know, just just five just a knee problem to your, to your big man. No big no big deal. Uh but yeah, he missed the game so uh you know, it was up to uh it was up to Noah to try guard uh, Nikola uh, uh, Jokic. Jokic there. He went for a triple double. Jamal Murray all, also awesome in this game. He's leading the way for Denver 28. Game high points there. Um, I liked how Gorgie Jang played in this game. He's he's been he's just been solid all season. Really making some threes, making the threes, long range threat. Yeah, the the Trebuchet has added some distance. (laughs) That's right. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This game wasn't awful. I mean, there's been worse games in this losing streak. You know, this one and the next game against Portland. I think were pretty pretty valiant efforts. You know, hanging around for a lot of it and stuff like that. But just sort of being outmatched by not having towns. I saw that Jokic
1: is now like top ten all time in triple doubles racking Isn't that them up. weird racking them up super weird the stat. man
0: can pass the ball the pe- best passing center of all time yeah
1: so uh yeah i mean like you said nuggets are a pretty good team uh denver's a notoriously difficult uh arena to play in when you're on the road so not exactly surprised by this game but it is fun to just see Gorgie this season. You, yeah. you know, for having him start the season not in the rotation, to how well he's been playing as of late, it, it, it just does my heart good to see uh, <laughs> Gorgie succeeding.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, so, yeah, the Wolves uh, lost on Friday and then had to get right on the plane back to back. Took it to Portland uh, where they lost 106 113 on Saturday. Again, like I said, good competitive game. You know, this one was. This one was uh the Wolves got up for this one again they're out outclassed outmatched but uh you know it wasn't for trying you know some of these games have been bad efforts uh from the Wolves but that was not the case here Shabazz yet. looked back at home
1: playing oh, against yeah. the team that he formerly played for uh-huh uh-huh he's played for the you know uh, not last season when he was with the Nets but before yeah. that he was in Portland and he had a good game Wiggins also was uh scoring the scoring the bucket very scoring the ball scoring the bucket getting buckets whatever you want to say getting getting them. those buckets pretty efficiently and I felt, you know, you have listed here, Whiteside had seven blocks Ooh. in this game. I felt like several of those were fouls on Wiggins. <laughs> it's really unbelievable how Wiggins is not getting calls, Because right? there were so many times where Whiteside, you know, it's that verticality thing, sure. I guess, but it's there's hard. so many times where I thought Wiggins deserved a whistle or two, but Whiteside was just plowing into him and getting away with it. So, Wiggins would have had an even better game if they he could get a whistle for once.
0: Yeah, seven blocks there for Whiteside. Jeff Teague had a really good game in the second half, especially scoring the ball, kind of, again, keeping the Wolves in it, keeping the scoring going, um, and uh, a, a rare occurrence here, the Wolves got into crunch time where they, uh, which is defined by under five points, uh, under five minutes to go in the game so it was a tight game at the end it just kind of felt weird it was like i don't know the wolves i feel like have not necessarily getting blown out every game but you know at the end you know at the second half of the fourth quarter the game's been decided it's, right. it's, it's been over at that point so cool i guess yeah to kind seeing of see a little uh
1: her, her hero wiggins you know at the end of this game and at yeah. the end of golden state game too where yeah he's making some meaningless three-pointers at the end of the game you know
0: <laughs> yeah some meaningless threes good times good times uh, and then to round out the week recap, uh, Wolves took the L in Golden State 104-113 on Monday. This is especially a tough one, as we know. We had war, it circled
1: on our schedule yes, as this will break yes. the losing streak. If we're this ever going to break the losing the streak,
0: this will be the time. Yeah, it supposed to, it was supposed to be the game we won but we did not and uh, yeah the Warriors decimated by injuries and just you know sort of having a bad offseason in a lot of ways like they, their depth charts is, are so weird they're playing rookies and G League guys and stuff like that obviously you know D'Angelo Russell still on the court for them um, Draymond Draymond he played in this one as well um, but yeah a disappointing game to lose to you know another one of the worst teams in the Western Conference that was very, it was very clear I was watching some other games that night I think I watched like Indiana and Toronto play I was like watching all these like better way better Like Eastern Conference teams, and then, like, all right, we're gonna wrap up this night with Wolves Warriors. Here we go. And it wasn't even a close game, it was a blowout. Yeah, it was messy. Yeah, messy game, ugly game. Wolves were down 14 at the half, and then right out of that half, that right into that second half, the Warriors quickly pushed it up to 20. I think, like, in the first three minutes, timeout, timeout, you know. And you know, the Wolves made it interesting at the end because there was so much time left. They put in the G League guys, Jordan McLaughlin, 19 yeah. points in career high for him. Uh, you know, Jalen Newell got in there to play, you know, KBD, Martin, Kaelin Martin, you know, all those guys got thrown out there. And to their credit, they they look good. Like they looked like they had this energy and this pep on their step that sometimes you're not seeing from the Wolves main guys. But
1: especially with the Warriors mostly G League roster, it yeah. was a G League showcase. G League game. Yeah. G League
0: game going down here. I thought it was fun in this game to hear um, Jim Peterson and Dave Benz talk about the logistics of the new Chase Center in San Francisco. We, we had played there in the preseason, but this is the first regular season game, and I guess they were up in like a broadcast booth. They were kind of describing it as like kind of like a suite, almost. Yeah. Kind of cool to hear. It was about one that. of those
1: things where they couldn't talk about the basketball on the floor. You know, like sometimes we're yeah. getting beat so badly, they just yes. start talking about whatever they want. And yeah,
0: this is very much one of those times. Yeah, totally. And also notable, I saw a video tribute to Jordan Bell. Uh, in this came from the, from the Warriors. You know, saying thanks to a guy that's been on their team for like the previous three, two, three seasons. So uh, yeah, so kind of nice. Nice move from them. Everybody gets a video tribute these days. If you just if you're just back in town, hey, you get a tribute. There you go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, why not? I love it. You know, might as well. You know, you got everyone's got video teams these days, so might as well do
0: it. Use all that footage. All right, what a bummer of a week. Let's uh, let's talk about the year, the whole the whole year instead. Let's let's go that way with this. Uh, Here we go. Here's the tip. New Year's resolutions. Twenty twenty is upon us. And, we uh, believe in yeah. resolutions. Yeah, we do that. You know, we, we make sure to make resolutions here on the podcast. Uh, and uh, yeah, even if you don't make them, it's important to set goals. Set some goals in your life. You know, so that's what we try to do with this show.
1: But also, you got to remain accountable. You know, if you if you don't make it. You know, you don't don't just try and forget about, lie about it. You gotta you gotta look at your failures so you can learn from them. So we're gonna look back first at what our resolutions were last year on the podcast, and then we'll update you on how we did.
0: Yeah, very uh, predicted style here. You know, we gotta we gotta update you on the things we said last year and uh, how they might might have turned out. So uh, we're gonna do the same format that we did last year. We have uh, two uh, basketball related resolutions for ourselves. And then we have two uh, resolutions for Timberwolves players. It can be basketball, it can be non-basketball, whatever, but it has to involve Timberwolves players. So I'll start last year for myself. Uh, I wanted to offensive rebound the ball more and pick up basketball. Um, I don't know that I really achieved that too much, uh, but I definitely, you know, made an effort to do that. Made an effort to get more boards, and then I also wanted to cover the WNBA on a deeper league-wide level. I feel like I did that a little bit, kind of a fail in this kind of way. Um, I did go to All-Star weekend in Vegas; that was fun, kind of covering the whole league. But definitely want to keep striving to cover the league as a whole. And then my resolutions for Timberwolves players were: uh, Derek Rose be more of a willing passer, especially in pick and roll. Okay, um, I don't know. I don't have stats to really show if he you know, his assist percentage went up more or something doesn't like that. Feel like it did. doesn't really feel like that happened. He kind of just getting his own buckets. But hey, got him paid. He uh, he got a two year deal from uh, from Detroit. He's over there, you know, having another pretty good season. Yeah. So. You know, I guess he's doing okay. And then uh, Jeff Teague, shoot more from Beyond the Arc, let it fly. That was something I wanted to see more from Jeff Teague. You know, and I don't know about the second half of last season, but he really hasn't really shown that. Especially this right. season yeah, so yeah I mean, It seems like a no Probably also a no there So yeah that, Those were my resolutions Scott, what did you I think your offensive about? rebounding Would oh. be
1: better If you went to the rim more uh-huh. You settle for the jump shot An awful lot So you're and saying Yeah, get to the it's rim It's not a bad then, a call then. I mean, you've, you've got A pretty good jumper Thank It's you. pretty efficient So yeah. I can see why You like to do that But uh you, 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 don't, you, you don't you don't try J. yeah that's true hey that's my main <laughs> thing when i play pickup is don't get injured uh, but you know for various reasons you, you don't go to the rim too much and i think it puts you at a disadvantage for offensive rebounds yeah
0: you're saying i could get you know get my own offensive rebound that way right yeah. exactly yeah a little second jump wiggins stuffer to do when you're floating. <laughs> yeah okay scott what were your resolutions for 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 last year
1: uh, You know, sometimes during the season I get so focused on Timberwolves basketball, I stop watching other teams. Uh-huh. So um, one of my goals was to watch three non-Wolves basketball games per week. I don't think I got to that. I did a little better, but I did not get to that level. A little better. A little better. And I think it'll be better now. I just got an Apple TV. It makes it easier to stream stuff on my TV screen. So nice. I think that'll nice. be a huge pickup for me. Um, and my other one was to rebound a two-hands at pickup hoops. Or do a digest every week. Both I failed at terribly. Still not rebounding with two hands. We'll just poke it to somebody else, you know, slap it back. Two hands, not, yeah. Not great. But once again, that's the thing, you know. I don't, I don't like to jump uh, underneath the rim because that's how like you injure yourself. You land on someone's foot. So I'm firmly in the Mark Casal camp of no jumping while playing basketball. <laughs> and uh, digest every week, that's just an unrealistic expectation. I've come to terms with it. Uh, my two resolutions for Timberwolves players. Was for Andrew Wiggins. I had two for Andrew Wiggins get two rebounds per quarter. It's an easy way to get eight per game. You know, I mean,
0: at this point his rebounding's up. I don't know it's, about two per quarter. He's at a but career up.
1: career high for rebounding, but he's still at like five point seven per okay. game. So not two per quarter. Come on, Andrew, two per quarter. You know, uh, you could you, you, you can roll that over if you wanted to. Also, for whatever reason, I thought Andrew Wiggins should travel the world slash get a tattoo. I understand <laughs> the tattoo thing. I still think he should do that. He did not. It's just not 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 his look. You yeah. know, he's not a tattoo guy. You look at like Brandon Ingram, a guy we compared him to the other week on the podcast he's got he he, he's got t- his tats everywhere yeah. whereas wiggins we don't have any visible confirmation of a tattoo i don't know why i wanted him to travel the world but i didn't see him do it in the off season necessarily you know sometimes you see i mean he went to the bahamas with the wolves so at least there there's go. that yeah. but you know he's a new father you yeah, probably he don't want to travel too much when you got an infant daughter you know yeah
0: he's probably he's probably doing a little bit of that though that we don't see maybe a little behind the scenes stuff but, yeah. yeah, maybe this will be the year for him to do a little more traveling. We'll see. Okay, so for 2020, we have new resolutions for the new year, obviously. And, uh, yeah, again, same format. We have two for ourselves and then two for the Timberwolves. Let's each like do our own first ones here, okay. Scott, and then we'll get to our Timberwolves ones. For me, this year on the court, I'm sticking to the, I'm sticking to the little bit of uh, you know pickup ball talk here. I, I would like to um, develop a counter post move. Basically, I, I have one post move. It's left shoulder turn, you know, right, you know, uh, right hand, you know, kind of baby hook in, in the middle of the paint. You know, it's kind of my go to generally I can get that off pretty sim- easily you know, I'm just taller than the person I'm up against or whatever, I can kind of just get that shot whenever I want, but you know, any any good post move, you need a counter to it you need to be able to go the other way when they when they cover that up, so I'd like to be able to get some sort of I don't know what it would be, a little drop step lefty lefty on the other side, Something usually it, basically what this is is a left hand shot in the paint and that's that's tough, to be able to reliably go to your off hand in the paint, that's a tough one
1: Yeah, that'd be good for you, because one, it'll increase your offensive rebounds hey, hey. and also, like, I, I am not a Threat to score at all, and I can pump pump fake guys out of their shoes. Everyone sure. I pick up wants to get that <laughs> yeah, block. It's you know. so easy to pump fake people. You know, like I'm not a threat at all, and they'll jump so easily you know, when I pump, pump fake. fake. So, you know, I think that happened. A, a good post counter move would be very successful. Yeah, from, I one got a group of guys we play with.
0: I gotta get it. my guy uh, Jared Jacobs about this one, uh, Professor Pigskin on That's Kings right. of the North. You know, he's he's got a litany Professor of, post moves. Yeah, he 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 puts you in the torture chamber down there in the paints, and you know, I feel like he could help. Me out with this counter move, so you know I feel like that's where it's going to come from. And then my other basketball-related uh related resolution for myself is to grow coverage of the links on Canis Hoopus. Last year was more I was talking about general overall WNBA. This year I feel like maybe get one or two other people on board on Canis Hoopus to write about the links. Write about more than you know. For me, I'm just kind of really doing podcasts and game recaps. I don't really have time to do much else. But I'd like to see there be more coverage about you know just you know columns and other sorts of write ups on link stuff. So. So, you know, if that's something you want to do, holler at us. Holler at me. I'd love to help you write about the links for Canis Hoopas this upcoming summer. That'd be really fun. So, yeah, if you're interested, let me know um, because uh, I think it'd be cool to get a few more people writing about the links at Canis Hoopis this year. It's easy to reach him. Yeah, definitely. Hit us up. Um, Okay, Scott, what are your two basketball-related resolutions for yourself for 2020?
1: I lost... Something that a couple of years ago that really helped my game. And oh. so it's pretty cheap. I'm going to buy another one. It's called the shot lock shot. L O C shot lock. It Was is Steph like Curry promoting this back in like 20, yeah. it was like 2011, Before 2012 when I got one. Yeah, yeah, back when he was kind of a no-name guy. When I bought the shot lock. <laughs> if you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, it, it is weird because oh. I bought the shot lock and on the on the box, there was two NBA players who endorsed it, J.J. Reddick and Steph Curry. <laughs> and back then, you're, you know, J.J. Reddick was the more notable of the two. Yeah, and I was just like, well, there are two good shooters there. You know, that's a good sign. And now since then, Steph's established himself as hands down the best shooter in NBA history. And so that endorsement probably means a little bit more now, you know, but oh. if it's good enough for two of the best shooters in the NBA, it's 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 great. It's basically a foam brass knuckle kind of, you know, and what it does is it keeps you from shooting the ball with your palm, it keeps you it keeps the ball on your fingertips. Fingertips, yeah, nice. And man, when I was practicing it with it regularly, I just had a much better shot, you know, much better arc that kind of thing, more, more spin. And uh, I, my shot has really just deteriorated over the past couple of years. So I think that, you know, getting the shot lock back in, on my hand, it'll improve the mechanics. It's like $10. Should have been in Christmas uh, I did ask for it for Christmas. Oh, okay. No one <laughs> got it for me. But now that I'm free of the Christmas obligation not to buy anything that. for myself, yeah. I'm going to get one this week.
0: You buy that. I'm going to just
1: play with it on, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. You got, you, got, you got to have the shot lock. You got to make sure that, uh, you, you know, as Andrew Wiggins would say. It's never good when, you know, you miss shots. Andrew Wiggins got the shot lock.
1: Completely agree you know actually he could use it a little bit more he he's, he sometimes it, his shot can be a little flat sure so anyways uh and then another i want to watch some iowa wolves games Aha. part of this is driven by the fact that watching timberwolves games haven't been very fun lately yeah. uh whereas Iowa's been having a little bit more success but it's just part of having a complete understanding of the organization i think it'll improve our coverage of the wolves and give us some more informative and also you know it's kind of like uh, watching the sport at a less professional level. I know they're professionals, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It's kind of like the minor leagues. Yeah. Sometimes it gives you insight that you don't get when the sport's being played at the highest level because it's going so fast at the highest level. So, And it's still better than college basketball. Come of on, course. let's, be real.
0: let's, be, let's um, be real. So
1: yeah, watch some more Iowa Wolves games. I want to I bring some coverage of the Wolves to Wolvescast. There we go.
0: Currently, all the Iowa Wolves guys are on the on the real wolves. So. Yeah, exactly. The real wolves. <laughs> the real wolves.
1: Um, People okay. stop getting polite and start getting real. The real wolves. <laughs> the real
0: wolves. Uh, all right, now for our resolutions for the Timberwolves players. Uh, basketball or non-basketball related. Um, okay, I'll start. My, one of mine is for Jared Culver um, to become a better playmaker and to improve his vision. Obviously, his uh, his struggles uh, scoring the basketball are well-documented and are still awful and uh, very scary, uh, very worrisome at this point. Uh, we'll get to worried, not worried, uh, you know, a little bit later, and I don't think we'll talk about that. <laughs> but, you know... For me, Culver also needs to be part of part of what he needs to do is be able to find other people. Find Find the roll man, you know, in a pick and roll situation. Uh, when he gets into the paint, not have tunnel vision and necess- you know put up a weird shot. Be able to find a shooter potentially, or just an outlet at all. I've just been underwhelmed by his his ability to find other, not even like assisting, diming up guys. I mean, that's the next level, and that's what you where you want him to be eventually. I'm just talking about moving the ball. He's kind of a black hole right now, and uh, you know, I'd, I'd like him to be able to find the open man, and yeah, hopefully get his assists up a little bit.
1: I think that's one of the been one of the more disturbing trends of the Wolves in terms this month is that as opposed to earlier in the season, it seems like everyone's trying to get the home run assist. Everyone yeah. wants to make the one pass that'll lead hey, to yeah. the bucket. Instead of working it around, giving multiple passes to different players, it seems everyone wants to get the assist. Yeah. They don't really care if there's a better pass that's set up a better play, working it from side to side of the court. Everyone, from Jeff Teague to Carl Anthony Towns, everyone's just forcing bad passes. A lot of the turnovers. We had so many turnovers this past week. Yeah. You'll notice lots of them are us trying to force these assists that all get that, get that home run assist like I and get that assist in your stat column instead of just making a smarter play and passing the ball around. So not just Culver. I think the whole
0: team could stand to be better at their playmaking in that sense. And speaking of passing, it's also my second resolution. for Joshua Kogi: Stop leaving your feet without a plan, my friend. Uh, Jim Peterson gets all over him on the broadcast about this. There's multiple guys who do this, to leave their feet without totally knowing where they're going to go with the ball and this leads to those turnovers, this is a passing problem too. This team just has a huge passing problem. It's it's a it's a skill you don't really think about necessarily, like when you think about what's this team good at, you know, okay, shooting, rebounding, like defense, you know, shot blocks, all these things. You don't necessarily think about just passing. Just not even assists, just passing. And the team really has, besides the maybe Towns a little bit, really doesn't have any good passers. I mean, Teague's not a good passer at all, like, uh, you know, even our guards, like, aren't very good passers, and I think it's a problem it's really kind of been the main reason I feel like the Timberwolves offense has been a little disappointing this year is they just don't like you said move side to side they don't they don't have those next pass type of situations and uh it's it's getting kind of rough Josh Okogie has been bad turnover wise in the open court that kind of thing he just gets up in the air he doesn't know where he's going uh so yeah that's that'd be a resolution for me uh for J.O. uh make that sure the problem has not been <sighs> passing it's been sticking around yeah
1: when Josh Okogie dunks the basketball, the force is with him.
0: Yeah, he can dunk it, but uh, sometimes uh, you know he has trouble with turnovers. So fix that, fix that up, uh, Josh Okogie. All right, it's got uh, two resolutions for Timberwolves players. Who uh, who are you talking about here? Who we got?
1: Well, I was thinking actually, just more generally, maybe it's the whole team kind of thing. I was preparing for the game, looking at a lot of stat lines from the past year and. I noticed that a lot of times, you know, Wiggins or someone would have a really good scoring night, very efficient, but still be a big minus in the plus minus. Mm. And it just made me realize that, you know, sometimes we focus on defense as just an individual thing. It's like, well, I took care of my man. You know, I I did my part, you know, and we're so bad at transition buckets and like me being terrible. I'm guys. I am terrible at the game of basketball, but I don't give up transition buckets. (laughs) Because it's just, it's an effort thing. It's like, who cares whose man it is? Get Get back back. and just get in front of him. Pick somebody up, yeah. And some of this is giving me an excuse to just float around the (laughs) three-point line on offense so that my guy can't beat me back. Yeah. That's why I don't offensive rebound, Because you're back. Because if if I'm under the rim, then my guy's beating me down the court. I'm not winning a foot race with anybody. Uh uh And so I gotta, but I make it a point of pride is that no one's gonna beat me back on defense, mostly because of my positioning on the court. But that's just something where it's like, people need to have more pride in just the team defense because everyone's worried about I did my job I got my man um, so that's kind of like a team wide resolution I guess Team but defense for the two players and spe- specifically I have Andrew get to the line more uh, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. some of this is just I think
0: be, it's improved this year a little bit it is but it's still we still go up
1: yeah it's better than the last two years but it's still worse than his first three years okay. in terms of free throw attempts And I know like some of it could be like at Portland where he just wasn't getting the whistle. But you know, he's become such a finesse player. Everyone wonders like why he doesn't dunk anymore. He's always doing the floaters and the layups and stuff like that. And that's just kind of indicative of his lack of aggression of going to the rim. He, and I get it. You know, I don't want to take body contact either but Andrew for as much as he's increased his going to the rim this season he hasn't seen the corresponding bump in getting to the line I mean he averaged like 8 free throw attempts a game his second season and now crazy. you know, it's an improvement that he's at 5 right now
0: and so it's just like well, we know he's driving more He's driving so more. it's a matter of okay that's great that's step 1 but then also getting kind to be looking for contact yeah generate contact don't be a finessing ways. around a guy with your crazy long arms and your amazing jumping ability like, that's what he does he like, just it slithers must be hard. through it's and like, avoids contact you know contact. you can do that right. but then you kind of have to like, like take yourself down a level and be like, no, wait, I'm just gonna I'm gonna get some contact here and maybe I can still finish, but at least look at the foul.
1: Yeah, it was it was really surprising to see his true shooting and his effective field goal percentage for his first three years was better than I expected, you know, because he never really had the three point shot, and mm-hmm. that's because he was living at the line. Yeah. Right? He's got his free throw per- shooting percentage back up to seventy-four percent this season, yep. so it's better better Career than Wallace too. Yeah. yeah. And It's just uh, Andrew, free points, buddy. You know, I just learned to generate a little bit more contact. I think that that's a good goal for him for the next year. And uh, Jared Culver um, used the meditation app. <laughs> you know, uh, well, is that what it's called? Meditation app? It's uh, Headspace. Headspace. Yeah. Ricky Rubio always tweets about it. He's yeah. a big proponent of that. Kevin Love, former Wolves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, Culver kind of the same problem as Ricky is just not confident in his shot. You, yeah. you know, we're, he's in his head. He's in his head, and he's going to be hearing about it, especially the longer it gets into the season with him shooting so abysmally from all parts of the court. He needs to tune that out, he needs to learn how to focus on what matters. Matters, and I think that it'll get him into a healthier headspace if he uh, just uses the app. You know, use it, a meditation app. Get your, get your, uh, get your mind right.
0: Jared there you Culver. go. All right, that's uh, that's our resolutions for uh, for this year for 2020. So let us know, uh, you know, what your resolutions are for your basketball game or uh, for your NBA fandom, and also who you think, uh, you know, these Timberwolves players. What should their resolutions be? Let us know. Well, let's keep talking about uh, about New Year's. Though, Scott, here we go. He's heating up. All right. This uh, next section is going to be our favorite and least favorite Wolves memories. I love uh, end of the year list. 2019. Some people people
1: find them a little contrived, but me, I love them. Every kind of end of the year list, best shows,
0: best moments, feed them to me. I will read them all. All right. um, I'm just going to – so we're going to start with 2019 uh, here. We got our faves and our least faves. And – Scott, I'm going to run through all the faves here, and then we'll just pick them apart here and kind of talk about talk about some of our, our best ones here. Um, so favorites, favorite things in no order from 2019. Thibodeau fired. First Saunders win, Oklahoma City. Wiggins had 40 points. Uh, the hot start to this season, right? 7-3 uh, and three or whatever it was. Sure. Uh, Josh Okogie blocking James Harden, a singular play of last year. Um, uh, uh, Gerson Rosas uh, being hired as the... Not just
1: him, but Gupta as well. Yeah, the and whole every, front office. The whole front office thing. I know there hasn't been a lot of proof yet, but I think yep. that I still have a lot of confidence oh, yeah. in this new front office. Oh,
0: yeah, totally. And just the better vibes that go around with that. The you know Just the whole turnaround from the Thibodeau to <laughs> Rosas era, I think, has been huge. And, and very very good, and then also just Wiggins like playing better, living up to a little more his potential, you know, kind of getting to the point where he's uh, maybe uh, you know approaching the the uh, being worth the salary we're paying him type of stuff. You know, so those those are the favorite things here, Scott. What, what sticks out to you the most out of, of of all these is like wow, when I think about 2019, this is like my favorite thing that has happened.
1: Yeah, I think when we look back at it, it'll be the organizational change. I agree. Especially if this ends up, this new culture, this new organization, if it ends up leading to a prosperous uh, time, as however you want to define that for the Timberwolves, we'll look back at this year as being like, this is the year we started getting the culture right. Maybe it doesn't translate into the wins and losses necessarily, but just going from the extreme of Thibodeau and Leighton to this new front office, Ryan, you know, the the bench hires we really like Vannerpool, Prigioni, and all the other people, I think that that will we'll pay dividends down the road, and then we'll be like, hey, that all started in 2019.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's really, this is going to be, you know, it's hard, it's hard to talk about this right now because they're in the middle of this crazy streak and things are bad right now. But this, to me, feels like an aberration. You know, I, we don't often remember Novembers and Decembers anyway, right? Like, this right. is going to pass. And in the long term, you still have faith in what they're doing here. It still seems like they're making the right decisions as far as personnel goes and as far as systems stuff goes Uh, feels like they're doing the right stuff and uh, you know I think that will kind of be what this year is remembered for Uh, and what
1: translates to on the court product right away is both Wiggins and Towns shot charts have changed yes Wiggins getting yeah getting into the paint figuring out where he should take his shots is a huge change and likewise Town's finally unleashed, finally emboldened yeah. to shoot 10 threes a game if he wants to, more if he wants to. And so I think that will be something too that will continue throughout his career. And will be like, oh yeah, 2019 was finally when we said, hey, maybe we should let our best shooter shoot as many times yeah. as he wants from
0: beyond the arc. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. Um, Scott, why don't you run down our least favorite things about uh, this year? 20- 2019, yeah. <laughs> it's
1: been a lot of stuff to have least favorite of in a season that's our calendar year that saw lots of losses, yeah. still losing. Uh, 29 and 45 in 2019. Uh, so that's
0: last year, last season and this season.
1: Yep. Uh, you know, it was disappointing that we struck out in free agency after Rose really kind of indicated he was going to hunt for stars this offseason. Obviously, we're not in position to do much in that regards because we have to kind of prove it with our culture and stuff first. But he was talking a big game about getting D'Angelo Russell. And regardless, I know that Neil's very anti-D'Angelo Russell, and I'm very meh. On the whole thing I'm not in that camp at all But you know It was an exciting day I remember I was in Portland For a wedding And uh, uh, That's the All the news that day was He's coming to Minnesota Like I I, Helicopter Yeah I even started to believe it Because a lot of accounts That I really respect Are like It's only a matter of time Basically And then I was at a sushi restaurant When I saw the TV screen said Golden State gets him And I was like What? It was such a surprise And a disappointing one Because it just Out of nowhere You know Regardless of what you think About Russell Being able to land a guy Like that in free agency Is a huge statement From a a franchise that hasn't been able to do it and really would have put a big you know landshed kind of move uh on rosa's resume exact- right away so it was disappointing to see that we didn't get that um neil particularly upset about trading up to draft culver obviously that has not worked out at all it seems like not only did we pass up a lot of much better players but we're wondering now if culver's ever going to be more than just like a bench player or a role player early yeah. on it's it's early it's early but it does not look good at all um, this losing streak we're in the middle of is a real bummer. 11-game losing streak will probably grow to 12 tonight, you know. Knocking on wood, maybe I'm wrong. Um, and then also Towns, you know, he, the NBA's Iron Man, since he was a rookie, didn't miss any games until 2019 when he got into a car rat car crash. And then he was suspended for two games for the Embiid fight. And now he's on the longest absence of his career due to injury.
0: Emily. Oh, my God!
1: So, yeah, you definitely don't want to see it. You know, maybe all those Thibodeau miles are piling up on the poor young lad's legs. But, uh, you know, that's not what you want to see from your your really your franchise cornerstone and saving grace.
0: But I would say other than the current terrible losing streak, I think it's been a positive 2019 overall. Right. I think the like we're saying, the sea change of you know Rosas and stuff like it outweighs sort of the brief, you know, current sort of like losing streak and sort of like tough times in this season. I think. As, like we said just a few minutes ago, as we look back on this season, we're not necessarily going to, you know, think about maybe the, the, you know, trading up to get Culver, or the streak or Townsend's injury. We're going to be thinking about this is kind of when the things, when things changed.
1: Yeah. This is like, you know, anyone who's had to like do some cleaning, me, man, my there closet's you always messy. I always got to clean it. It's such a tear down procedure. Things get worse before they get better. And that's what this is. Things are getting worse before they get better. But we're both fairly confident that we're on the right track now. But yeah, you have, sometimes you got to tear it down to, to the foundation so you can build a stronger one to go
0: forward with anything else about this year before we go into the decade
1: uh you know shout out to the city edition jerseys it was nice to get a, <laughs> nice to get a good one especially when we saw around the league just terrible designs this year i felt uh-huh. like. like i think like 75 percent of the league is terrible yeah and then especially like when they wore them it looks real good yeah. it looks real good on the court yeah. so uh you know shout
0: out to good jerseys we're always an
1: appreciator of the aesthetics here on wolf's cast he's on fire
0: Okay, uh, one more thing here for Full Court Press. It's our favorite and least favorite Wolves memories of the decade, 2010 to 2019 ish right in that zone um, some of our favorite things um, first and foremost first and foremost yeah I guess this to me is the, is the best thing even beyond making the playoffs is winning the lottery and drafting Carl Anthony Towns to me the day we won the lottery uh, again, I was in the Buffalo Wild Wings in Sacramento, California uh, on tour I uh, just that moment and just like it just felt so crazy and just like we've never won the lottery never we've, uh, we've, we've, we still have we never still moved, moved up, up. Yeah. we've never moved yeah, yeah, up but yeah.
1: Yeah. we've been screwed so many times when we have the worst record and then we move down, yeah. <laughs> Shack draft,
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, to have the, have it be number one, the Wolves, you know, to go to the break and it's three of you, and it's like, okay, Wolves we can get second or third. Well, all right, that's fine. And then to have you be number one, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. An it And important. for it to be towns,
1: yes, what are the, like maybe the three most important number one picks of the decade? Yeah, if you're yeah, going to yeah. go Anthony Davis and maybe Zion. Yeah. But like so many years, it's like, is the number one player actually going to be a star? This one, hands down no doubt about it Towns is legit from the moment he started playing has been one of the you know best draft picks of the decade and for us to win that one and I'll always cherish a video of Flip freaking out you know praying give me one more you know yeah
0: yeah, one one time yeah
1: that always will be one of my favorite memories of
0: Flip (laughs) other favorite memories uh, from the decade uh, making the playoffs and even that Jimmy Butler season sure Sure, it didn't end poorly but man that year was so fun Jimmy was hey when he's when he's on when it's in the first year of his contract or whatever and hey the honeymoon time with Jimmy Butler is as good as it gets. Yeah, when yeah. he's
1: when you're on his side, you love all of the BS, yeah. all of his interesting
0: interviews, all of his great quotes and stuff. You know, I'm definitely able to remember both sides of the coin here right. with the Jimmy Butler experience. Uh, Town's rookie season with KG, that was very fun. KG coming back. That know, first ten, game with KG back yeah, was one of my F-A, favorite games yeah, of the yeah. decade. Uh, you mentioned the MSP City jerseys, but the Prince City jerseys Ooh-wee. are a memory of the decade best, for us. Best jerseys in the world's
1: history. Not just the jerseys too, but the whole Prince night, you know, playing yeah, all the, the Steam music nights, having all of his co- collaborators come and play halftime yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. I saw Morris Day in yeah. the time and Sheely. he had the mirror, you know, out yeah. on
0: the half court. It was so they much did them fun. All. It was great. Uh, Target Center renovation. That's big. You know, we kind of forget about that now, but new scoreboard. You know, new concourse stuff. You know, new... second
1: oldest arena in the league, and it doesn't feel like it, it because it's like got it. some good renovations.
0: Yeah, I got some good new stuff. New entrance off the Skyway. That's huge. Still, you know, using that a lot. That's a good way to especially get out of the arena. You know, a lot. Just lots of great stuff. A lot of behind the scenes. Stuff too, and then uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't speak about Ricky Rubio here, as far as the decade goes. You know, the the decade, the decade of Ricky. You know,
1: Alexi, change change the face. Be happy, enjoy.
0: One Ricky drop remains. It is that one. I would have uh, also kept. Yeah,
1: uh, my name is Ricky Rubio. I am not. I'll bring right it, about, I'll bring it back for
0: you. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So just having Ricky, you know, you know, you know, drafted, you know, maybe right before this decade started, but he was on the team so many years of this decade and just having the joy that he brings and really kind of pulled us through a lot of those tough years and, you know, still someone that, you know, I think most Wolves fans, you know, have fond memories of for sure and kind of wish he was still here and all that stuff. So we got to give a shout out to, you know, one specific player.
1: Yeah, and also, you know, shouts to the Kevin Love era. He really came into his own in this decade. I know he technically predated the decade in terms of when he started on the team but we saw him grow from you know kind of the pudgy UCLA guy to the cut jaw surgery GQ man, uh, GQ yeah. man <laughs> banana republic spokesperson and uh, that he is winning the you know the three point contest was a real thrill awesome. of the decade Yeah, real fun multiple Beat time all star just great to watch a player of that quality on the Timberwolves and also the decade of pekovic you know <laughs> <laughs> one of one of my favorite players of the decade and just a special moment. Like we loved him so much. We started making t-shirts and stuff of his tattoo, the Pexecutioner. Uh, just
0: like so much fun to watch that dude every day. Just a joy. The best, all right, least faves, least favorite memories of the decade. Scott, hit us up here. What do we got? A lot what of um, a fav- lot of
1: messy breakups. Yeah, you know, we we don't have Acrom- good breakups. Acrimony, uh, obviously, probably first and foremost of everybody's mind is the Butler blow up, the Tibbs mess, Oof. just a national embarrassment. Uh, yeah, him like you know the cussi- cussing out, yeah, the practice mm-hmm. cussing out the GM of the team, and then and orchestrating it so Rachel Nichols would fly in the exact same day Crazy. so that he can go on ESPN just, and blast the team it's a circus. Just an unbelievable, just like. Like this is uh, just a sh- mark a shame on the organization or good organizations don't let this happen yeah. and a lot of that blame goes on Jimmy but a lot of the blame goes on the front office too and Tibbs specifically just Tibbs like not honoring the trade request and <laughs> just being toxic about it just the way that it really you know going from the joys of making the playoff run to now being like you're yeah. you're really crapping on our best young players and stuff and that, and it was a setback for the young players that we're still feeling some effects of today totally um, so that was obvious first and foremost but the Love Adelman era I mean Adelman When we got him, we were overjoyed, texting each other. You, me, and Robert, just like this is it. We've got winningest coaches of all all time. Yeah, Hall of Fame coach, and he had lost his fastball, is what uh, you call it in baseball. And you know, a pitcher that I mean, a lot of Minnesota teams do this. You get sports legends in their final few years of their Uh career, uh you know, and it's like, wow, we got some legendary players, but they're not, they're not that good anymore. And so uh, that was the truth with Adelman. I know there was some really sad stuff going on in his personal life with his wife and stuff, but it just he does not bring. It seemed like a
0: squad. Wandered, you know, not not really to any fault of their own, but just like having love, having Adelman feels like it should have gone better than they did. And it wasn't like awful. I mean, they, I think they won 40 games one year. And, yeah. and and so, hey, especially for some of the last few years of Wolves basketball, you'd love that if they could win 40 games or whatever. So it wasn't a disaster out there, but it felt like they should be more like a 50 win team. It should have been a playoff team. And instead, it was like just below that. And they could never really get over that hump. They lost like fourth quarter problems and all yeah. that sort of weird stuff. So, yeah, that so last love season.
1: I mean, we could, we could write a book about it someday yeah, because it was such will. an interesting season. But but that was also, you know, the pressure of knowing that if we don't make it work this season, love is gone. Yep. Because of his, the You're acrimonious relationship is... with David Kahn, who did a lot of Ooh, damage last decade, Kahn. but also started this decade uh, pissing off our best player and to the point where he had to leave town because he
0: was being disrespected. Yeah, Kahn has to be brought up here. I mean, this. Got to
1: save that max deal for Ricky Rubio. Yeah. Can't give it
0: to Kevin. Kahn was the very early part of this decade. Hopefully, most Wolves fans have excised that from their memory. But, but... we spent the rest of the decade
1: kind of digging out yeah. from that hole to yeah. the point
0: where we're saying like this
1: is the culture change we finally needed this year 2019 it's all kind of because of what started the decade with david Kahn. we're still trying to dig ourselves out of that yeah
0: yeah god i hate that guy <laughs>
1: And then finally, you know, the saddest story of the entire decade is, you know, Flip Saunders passing. He was yeah. one of the mo- three most, or maybe the most important person in the history of the Tim Rolls franchise, our best coach, our most winningest coach. Yeah.
0: Gut uh, punch when that, when he uh, got that news.
1: Especially because he was back and he was molding the organization yeah, to GM, He had the plan, he had the vision for the future. KG Levine. was back. And yeah. it just felt like him and KG were going to own the team. Uh, or they were going to buy Glenn out eventually. It's a
0: totally uh, huge what if moment uh, for the Wolves franchise. Yeah,
1: exactly. And just, everyone loved him. He had such a good relationship with Wiggins and Kat and all the guys, Ricky and such a huge blow and such a surprise too. It really came out of nowhere and Yeah, it developed quickly over like two months, basically. Totally. He was gone. And so I think we're still feeling that absence in the franchise today.
0: But yeah, his now his, his, you know, his memory, you know, he's got a, he's got a, you know, banner hanging from the you know target center rafters his and progeny they, coaching the team. Yeah. His son is, is running the show now. So, you know, in a way he's still, still around with us. So, but yeah, that's our uh, favorite and least favorite things of the decade. Again, let us know what uh, you would have had on this list. And uh, we started a new decade yeah, what do we miss? Yeah.
1: Let us know at Timberwolves. No, not at
0: Timberwolves. That's, at Wolvescast. We don't
1: have that one. At Wolvescast. <laughs> at Wolvescast pod. Let us know what you think.
0: All right, time to get to our sponsor. Let's get into it. Let's make that cash. For years, the Minnesota Timberwolves have partnered with big brothers, big sisters, Twin Cities to spread holiday cheer to those in need. You know the one. Timberwolves players and coaches warm
1: the hearts of local kids by taking them on a shopping spree at the downtown Minneapolis Target. It's
0: an event filled with smiles, joy, and the spirit of giving back to the community. The annual event has been so successful that the franchise is announcing a new expansion to the Pack Gives Back program Holiday Partying for Kids. What holiday
1: comes after Christmas? My favorite. New Year's Eve, of course. And Twin Cities kids need help in order
0: to properly rein in 2020. Holiday partying for kids applies the same format used in their shopping event to New Year's Eve. The Timberwolves will pair their hardest partying players and coaches to local kids looking to make the most of one of the biggest social nights of the year. Here is just a sampling of what these special kids will have a chance to experience. Tie a bow tie with Jeff Teague. Popping bottles with Jordan Bell. pickup lines with Robert Covington. Dirty dancing with Josh Okogie. Kissing multiple people at midnight with Jake Lehman Hangover Cures with
1: Carl Anthony Towns And more So get prepared for this brand new community event
0: As well as the inevitable Emotionally charged recap video afterwards Thank you to Holiday Partying for Kids For their support of Wolvescast Up next Let's get into Worried or not worried
1: I'm worried I'm worried I'm really really worried. worried I'm worried I'm worried I'm freaking
0: out here. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. Why would I be be worried? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. You're not worried, are you? All right. Eleven games have been lost in a row. A lot of things to worry about. Hopefully, as you listen to this, they have defeated the Sacramento Kings. But probably not, because Carl Anthony Townsend is playing. The streak is real, and things are pretty bad. So we have to ask ourselves if we're worried or not worried. Uh, You know how this works. Basically, we give a topic, and then we uh, tell you if we're worried or not. And uh, our first topic today is Ryan Saunders as a good coach, worried or not worried. Let's discuss this one, Scott. Is it possible to even know if Ryan Saunders is a good coach right now? You know, I feel like that's maybe the, if you're not worried, that's really the argument to have is like, he doesn't have the materials. He doesn't have the ingredients to make a good meal right now. So how do we know how tasty his meal can be? All you right. Know, I mean,
1: that's a good point. But I,
0: I'm going to be worried. I'm, I'm worried say, too. I'm worried. I'm worried about this one. You know, especially as we kind of just talked about a lot of this stuff. As unfortunate as around Flip Saunders' death and stuff, you know, this has kind of led to Ryan Saunders having the position uh, that he has. Uh, young Ryan Saunders, and um, you know, sure, you know, I think he's put in his dues. He's paid his dues. He's put in his time. He's been a great assistant coach for a number of different people. Lot, you got a lot of love around the league because of this. And, um, you know. It's, I think it's unknown how, how good exactly Ryan Saunders is, but I think it's possible that he's not a good coach um, because, you know, even though, hey, Carl Anthony Towns has missed a bunch of games, this team's been dealing with some stuff. I don't know if a good coach has 11, 12 game losing streaks on their resume, like ever. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like, sure, maybe this isn't a playoff team or something like that, but you should at least be able to find your way out of like a 10 game skid at some point.
1: Yeah, it, a lot of it that's damning I mean, is just the low energy the team is coming to the yeah, arena with. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was supposed to be the guy that could, get along with the guys have good chemistry in the clubhouse and it just seems like they're not showing up ready to play some of these games energy wise and that's a huge bummer and we've talked about the last month we keep talking about moves and counter moves the scouting report is out on us and yep. what changes are we going to make? And yeah, maybe we've made some changes, but they ain't working. And so it's a bummer. You know, at the beginning of the season, you could say that the team was buying into the new, you know, the new approach. You know, the new culture, the new strategy for the game plan. And it just seems like we're drifting from that. Not necessarily because we're at least less committed, but just the other teams are taking those shots away from us. And what are we doing to to change our tactics? Well, nothing. It seems like.
0: Yeah, and I think the saying goes, "Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth." And uh, yeah. right now the wolves got punched in the mouth, and it doesn't seem like anything's happening. Kicked and, in the and, groin and, 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 a few times too. And that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm talking about. Is like you, I, I. It's great to have all the good vibes and to start the season a certain way. That's cool. But then once, like, like you're saying, once the team kind of gets a a scouting report on you and figures out what you're doing, you got to be able to go. You got to be able to counter. Like I'm saying with my post move, you got to be able to counter with that. And it's it doesn't seem like he has that in him or he's not able to implement that. Um. So it is worrisome right now. Obviously, you know we're not. You know, we're not uh, passing judgment as far as, like, fire the guy or something like that. Obviously, he's going to get the whole year, and we'll, we'll have a, you know, more a sample size for the actual full season of Ryan Saunders. But I think at right now it's a fair question to ask of, like, are you actually a good coach? Right. <laughs> and, and
1: that's where we're at. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, this is a bad roster he's been given, but we're losing to, like, the Warriors, you know? <laughs> like, yeah,
0: it's not like you're just getting steamrolled by the best teams. It's like you kind of still should be beating some of these teams. Exactly. Right? So makes you worried. All right, Scott, what's next? Uh, Neil, we've talked about it a little bit earlier
1: in the pod. Are you worried that our franchise cornerstone, Carl Anthony Towns, has missed the most games of his career because of a knee injury?
0: Ooh, um, I'm going to say not worried overall here. You know, it's obviously anytime your big man has a lower body injury, that's not cool. You never want to see that. But given Towns' relative health for the length of his career... And the fact that this is, you know, not a, I don't know, it's a sprain. So I don't know if that's like structural. It doesn't feel like it's a big, you know, it's not like a, it's not a surgery requiring type of thing. If it was like a meniscus or ACL, obviously that's way more worrying than this. But, you know, I think that this is just a matter of, hey, you're getting older. You know, it's his fifth year, sixth year in the – fifth year, I think? Fifth year. Yeah, fifth year in the, in the league. You know, you're just getting older. You're foot. You get beat on all the time. At some point, your body's going to start breaking down a little bit. And this isn't some Joel Embiid, like, hey, you've missed half the games in your career like type of problem. It's just a little, a little thing that we're going through right now. It kind of feels to me like this losing streak where it's like it feels pretty alarming right now. But in the grand scheme of things, at the end of the year, in April, are we really going to be remembering these games that he missed here in December? Maybe not so for me uh you know until it becomes something that is a more intense injury i'm not worried about it what about you
1: well, I don't feel good about it. Oh, of course you know, not. It's not no, like I'm sucks. not worried at all. You the know, wolves like, have
0: no, not no chance, but they essentially should be counted out of every game that Towns is not playing. Right. He's their best player by far, and
1: maybe one of the only one or maybe two <laughs> players who are above average yes. on this team. Yes, actually yes, good yes. players. Yes. So uh, yeah, I, it, it gives me anxiety. You sure. know, I, sure. I definitely, especially with each continuing game that this happens. Yeah. But ultimately, I'm not worried because I think it's good to take precautions. You know, yes. I think that some of this is if Tibbet was on the team. He probably have played these past five games. You know, low and, key load management. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I will never. Complain about taking a precaution and being like, you know what? He could, might be able to go tonight. Let's not chance it because ultimately this season doesn't matter yeah. in wins and losses at yeah. least. And, you know, I just don't want him to it, to develop into something that would cause a meniscus, an ACL tear, anything like that where he's out for a year plus would be such a bummer that uh, if you're feeling some soreness and also it's good on Towns, you know, now that he doesn't have to worry about that streak, uh, yeah. <laughs> that three-year streak of never missing a game. Yeah, really. Good on Towns for speaking up to the coaching staff and expressing that he's not comfortable with going so i think that it's a sign of a healthy organization that uh, he's not playing and they're taking precautions so i'm going to go with not worried even though you know every game he misses it
0: it changes a little bit yeah exactly all right next one here um scott are you worried or not worried about the good vibes bat, the body language recently has been kind of bad obviously you know the huge skid of losses But, you know, the positivity around the team was kind of like the headlining feature as we went into this season. And, hey, they got off to a great start. But now that's all behind us. Uh, worried or not worried about team morale right now, Scott? Oh,
1: it's a, it's always the chicken and the egg kind sure. of thing. Because do teams lose because of bad chemistry? Or do you have bad chemistry because of the losing? Mm. Winning fixes all. And we're in an 11-game losing streak. There's not a team in the world that would have good chemistry True. after an 11-game losing streak. Even like the Warriors from two years ago, the best buddies in the league or whatever, <laughs> you know? You give give them other. a losing streak yeah. and everyone's going to hate each other and be pissed off at each other. So I think it's inevitable. That this comes about because of the losing streak. So, as bad as this losing streak has been, and as worrying as it could be in its own right, I'm not overall worried about the overall chemistry of the team because I think it's something that wins will eventually fix. We'll eventually win. We'll eventually, you know, have, uh, you know, a month where we go closer to 500 than to zero, (laughs) (laughs) zero hundred. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I think when that happens, the good vibes will be back.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, good vibes are cool, but they're ultimately not what wins you games. It's sort of a, you know, it's kind of a side issue right now, and I think you're right. And, you know, we're hearing reports that, uh, you know, st- yeah, apparently uh, Nas Reed got dunked on in practice the other day, and the team, you know, went crazy and, you know, kicked everybody out of the, g- kicked Nas out of the gym or something like that. So, you know, uh, you know, I think I saw some photographs from, like, their Christmas celebration yesterday and stuff like that. So, you know, you do see some stuff on the court. There's some sulking. There's some bo- bad bodies. Body language but I think it feels like overall you don't have you don't have a split locker room you don't have a Jimmy Butler like. some
1: people are worried that the vibes are still too good because after, <laughs> after, after bad losses they're playing music and joking around too in the clubhouse and people are like you know, you should knock this off. You just lost to a Memphis there team that's go. terrible. Yeah. Let's not party in the clubhouse afterwards. So maybe the vibes are too good right
0: now. Quite yeah. possibly. See, I'm not worried about this. The good vibes will be back uh, once uh, we come come around and get a few wins under our yeah. belt here. So exactly, uh, it'll fix. It'll top. be back eventually.
1: All right. Neil, our final issue: Are you worried about Target Center attendance issues? Not Ooh. only the lack of fans coming to show up, but the adverse effect it's having on the team. Obviously, playing with low energy and a terrible record at home.
0: Yeah, I, I, I put me down for worried on this one. It kind of seems a little. Uh, Uh, you know superficial or sort of like a surface issue to be worried about the fans when you're talking about like winning basketball games but I think this can go on for the rest of the season I don't think I don't see any really way that this team like suddenly has an attendance spike or something unless they win 11 in a row instead of losing 11 in a row or something like you're just not going to see it and so you know I think you know feeding off energy in the crowd is effective way to win games and can actually help you a little bit and just more than anything you want to build like we're talking about with Rosas coming in and having good vibes around on the team and switching from, you know, Thibodeau to to, you know, a a new front office leadership group you know, you want that same thing to transpire into the fans. You want the in-arena experience to also be awesome even if you're not an amazing team. So it is a little dispiriting and worrying, I guess, to sort of see that you know, even with a good start and even with things sort of like being on the right track organizationally, that the fan base can't come around to it right now. So, I don't know. I don't blame the fans necessarily. The product hasn't been great, especially at home. I don't blame the fans. I don't blame the fans one bit. Yeah, but it is a little bit worrying of like, yeah, they can't really, the fans are Aren't willing to like, you know, still go even though they're, you know, kind of bad right now. So I don't know.
1: Well, I'm worried about it. They're not fixing the price, obviously. It's not yeah. like they're gonna reduce that and I still think that's the number one impediment to having good attendance is that it costs too much to go to a game. Yeah. And Until I think you can prove it. I think the most worrying thing is that I don't feel particularly drawn to go to games. I you know, I go when you go You're a super fan. But when you don't go, like I don't bother to get tickets because yeah. it's such a procedure. I love that you get the tickets, Neil. You're yes. great at finding I got you. finding the seats, the good seats, yeah. and I'm happy to pay whatever price you come deals. up with. But yeah. I just I, there's no part of me that wants to do the work of getting hey. the tickets and you're figuring not inspired. it out. Yeah, I'm not inspired at all. And that's one of the things is that like, I'm a diehard. We have a podcast we've been hosting for years, Neil. I can't get you. I watch every single game. Yeah, and for me to just not feel any kind of pull to go to the games right now, I think is indicative of a larger problem that they're having in attracting fans. And... You know, uh, one of the highlights of the past decade we should shout out, the Klondike Bar Challenge. <laughs> I
0: forgot about that. Yeah,
1: it was something <laughs> different every single game. Yeah. Section and 101 just like, or no, Section
0: 126 yeah, or whatever, and Yeah, and like
1: the dropping the parachutes with the bags of money. Those are like things that made it fun to be in, in attendance. And I just feel like there's not enough promotions. There's They're doing video screen stuff that does not necessarily draw you in the same way. I see. As, so even
0: off the court or even like beyond the basketball, there yeah. are other things that you'd like to see sort of like fixed about the in-arena experience. Yeah,
1: it, regardless of what the team is doing you can do so much to make going to a game fun target field has been a great example of this you can go when the team was terrible and still have a good time because how much fun stuff there was to do in the stadium and i I like i love the david uh fema test kitchen Uh the idea that there's a new food item at any game you go to only is is the kind of excitement where you're like this is a one night only kind of thing yeah maybe we should do what like portland doesn't have the posters you know so
0: cool yeah the prints from local artists yeah you I can like do that. more
1: than they've been doing. Yeah. And so I'm worried because it shows a lack of initiative and creativity from the team. So, yes,
0: I, I am worried. All right, that's worried, not worried. Let us know uh, what you're worried about in uh, over on Twitter at WolfsCast. Hit us up, you know. Uh, but, yeah, let's uh, let's get to Weekly Wolfies. Now presenting your weekly... Wolfie. All right, statuettes are standing here on our podcast desk, and we will be awarding them to some people right now. Scott, why don't you get us started off here with Weekly Wolfies uh, sure. this week. What you got? What you got?
1: Well, i got to give it to the best player in the NBA. Oh, That's who's m- that? That's
0: Mr. LeBron James. Oh, I thought you were going to say Luka Doncic. Oh, I mean, <laughs>
1: Giannis Antetokounmpo would be the one I would <laughs> okay. say. Actually, he's he's been playing the best this yes, season. Yes, yes, yes. You know, LeBron's still the king in my eyes, and... Uh, you know, I think that, ugh, I hate giving it to a Laker, but at the same time, he's a he he's a culture leader in this yes. NBA. So when he speaks on things, things will change. And as one of Nike's biggest stars, he let the Nike know that he's not a fan of not having special Christmas jerseys. Oh, good. We love the Christmas jerseys. We yeah. talked about it on the pod, and like the number one reason I wanted a Christmas Day game was so we could get Christmas Day Wolves <laughs> jerseys. Jersey, yeah. Easily the number one reason. Not that I want the prestige, Give not that, that I want to watch them on Christmas Day. I'm busy on Christmas yeah. Day. I don't need <laughs> to have the pressure of watching a wolves game but having those jerseys that was a sign of significance they're not doing it and they're not doing it they're just having to wear the city adjacent jerseys which i think is lame and the chosen one agrees with me lebron james speaking out to nike saying hey what's the deal and you know you think he has a little bit of pull at nike so i would imagine next year we'll see the return of the christmas jerseys a present to all of us from lebron james
0: you're right when the king speaks we all listen that's right yeah, especially a Nike man. Yeah, he's got his own line over there. So if you yeah. got to think if anyone has the poll, it's going to be LeBron James, <laughs> right? Across all sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, easily. Yeah. All right, nice one. Uh, my weekly feed goes to uh, Tom Ziller, SB Nation. He is uh, he's leaving SB Nation. He has announced this today um, due to a controversial. Yes. Go. Yeah, I'm going to miss you, Ziller, Ghostface Ziller. Uh, due to a controversial. Uh, California law that so limits dumb. limits uh, freelance work that can be done uh, for California residents.
1: It's not the law that's dumb necessarily. It's, it's SB Nation's approach to it. That yes, I find dumb.
0: yes, SB Nation. Uh, yeah, so you can read up on, on that type of stuff. But what I want to talk about is SB Nation and Tom Ziller. Tom Ziller personally has been putting out a uh, email newsletter uh, for the last few years called Good Morning basket Good Morning, it's basketball, and uh, it's been incredible. I've been a subscriber for years. He's put out. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, over twelve hundred uh, days of this of this thing, he literally doesn't miss a day. It's all summer too. It covers WNBA, covers college, like covers lots of stuff all year long. Um, the bad news is Tom Ziller is moving on from SB Nation the good news is is that uh, Good Morning It's Basketball will live on as it's own thing Um, it's going to become a uh, sort of a subscription you pay for it uh, yearly price of $50 um, to get this it's full of links it's full of writing it's full of really good stuff Um, so you can still get it but I wanted to simultaneously thank Tom Ziller and shout out Good Morning It's Basketball at the same time and also kind of pay a tribute for going away it's been good it's been free for a long time now it's gonna be $50 a year but hey again you're literally getting over 300 <laughs> newsletters in a year so come on you, you gotta get on this it's great to have your recap of everything that happened to basketball the day before he, this guy's nuts he goes up at like 5 in the morning or something Like it's always there before you wake up To no my how early Just wake an amazing
1: up. amount of dedication I to do it every it. day for can't so long I not
0: believe it I could never do it yeah it's so incredible so shout out to Tom Ziller uh, for putting that out for such a long time and you know now reaching a point where he's gotta move on with it but hey I think it's gonna be really successful when you do something for that long for free I feel like uh, you know the the audience will follow and I will be following as well so shout out to Tom Ziller Uh, link in show notes to that so go find it and go subscribe to the new version of Good Morning It's Basketball um, all right. And then we have a Canis hoopas Great article this week. Weekly to give away. Yes. Jake A. Painting um, wrote uh, a piece on Canis Hoopis called It's Time for Nas Reed and Jalen Noel. And uh, it's a great piece uh, breaking down kind of what they've been doing in Iowa and in their limited stints uh, up at the big club um, in Minneapolis uh, this year. So, you know, Jalen Noel back up with the team, you know, getting getting a little run last few games. He's had, you know, 10, 15 minutes of court time, you know, kind of able to show what he can do. Um, it's still super early, but just a good piece kind of looking into sort of what their skill set is what you can expect from them and especially at this point in the year lost 11 in a row as you mentioned start looking to Iowa (laughs) and some of those guys can be up here as well he brings the video evidence too he's got the clips got the clips in there little short YouTube clips showing you uh, sort of you know little examples of what they've been doing so yeah definitely go check out that that will also be in show notes shout out to Jake thanks for writing for Cana Soup Jake you do a great job
1: Alright, well we're going to finish up like we always do It's a game, and because we talked all about oh, 2019 oh, oh. We're going to have a few questions about 2019, Neil One it. of which I expect you to get Because okay. you actually put it in the notes earlier So <laughs> I'll uh, get at least one of these You, you should, alright, so do it. Let's get it kicked off, Neil, the question is In the calendar year 2019, did we win more than
0: 30 games? Uh, we, uh, Fortunately, we did not We have only won like 19 or something like that So yeah, no, the answer is no we won
1: 29 games. You're 29. Right. You had games. it in the show notes Just earlier. So and hey, you know, Saturday, if we win, if we win against Cleveland, then we have 30 30 wins in 2019. Let's go. So yeah. we, we got to get a couple it. more chances. Got to get that man. One more What a, a, a must win game Saturday is. <laughs> All right. Next question, Neil. In 2019, did a Wolves player score more than 45 points in a game?
0: Uh jeez, I think Towns did it, but I can't remember. Maybe it might have been two years ago. I think did Towns have his like fifty-three or something like that? Uh I'll say yes. I think he did it last March or something like that.
1: Ah, two years ago? Uh, yeah, that was two years yeah. ago. Cat has had a couple 40 point games in okay. the calendar year, uh, with the most being 42 points. Okay. He scored 42 points at Indiana on February 28th last year. And that's the high mark? That's the high mark. And, you know, Wiggins has hit 40, Towns has hit 40, both of them have hit 40 a couple times, but 42 is the high mark, which All seems right. a little low. All right. But there you go. All right, next question. Do the Wolves allow an opposing player to score more than 50 points in this last
0: calendar year? Uh, yeah I mean is it, is it more than once I can't remember I can't remember exactly who it was but uh, it's, it's, it's already happened this season so yes it has happened in 2019 what was it was it only russell? one time was only one time d'angelo russell scored okay.
1: 52 points there's been several times where a team an opponent scored 50 points uh-huh. but, but only one time did they score more than 50 points that was d'angelo russell well, so exactly and exactly 50 has happened so yeah exactly 50 has happened but more than fifties only happened once and that was our win over golden state where d'angelo had 52 no big deal yeah no big deal we got that w all right, although we got the we got the L in that Indiana game where Cats scored forty-two. All right, Neil, two more questions. Did the Wolves win a game by more than thirty points in this past
0: calendar year? Uh, I have no idea, but it seems like they should, right? It's like uh, I'm trying to think of the total amount of games. It's like eighty games or something. So I got to think one of those was by at least thirty, but I cannot think of when it was. I'll say yes though. Put me down for a yes. Dang, really! Our biggest margin of
1: victory was twenty-seven point win at Ooh. Phoenix on January twenty-second. January twenty-second. Okay. okay, twenty-seven point win at the Suns. Let's get it. Let's and get this it is the, the flip Cavs. side. The flip side. Our final question: Did the Wolves lose a game by more than forty points in the calendar 40? year? Forty? Did we lose a game by more 30. than forty? I was
0: going to say yes, but since you bumped up to forty, I'll say no. I don't remember a forty-point loss. Oh, I
1: blocked it out. This was gonna be on our low lights, but I didn't post it because I didn't want to. <laughs> nice. I, I didn't want, I want to tell you about the game. But the, the most painful game of the past year was when we went to Philadelphia to face oh, Jimmy Butler right, for the, the first Jimmy time. We yeah. lost by 42 points in that game as the entire Philadelphia 76ers embarrassed us. I think it was on national TV too. Yeah, that just was... embarrassed us in our first matchup against Jimmy. Post all the BS. Definitely a nadir of the 2019. Oh well, the campaign. worst game of 2019 in my opinion. <laughs> what a depressing game. They own us in every way Ooh. 42 point loss oh that wow. was on january 15th 2019
0: all right well this year in 2020 we're gonna get that 40 point win yeah that's happening let's see it against the miami heat Ooh, I'd, <laughs> I'd love <to> see it. <laughs> something like that maybe uh but yes uh that's the end of our show everybody thanks for joining us this week um you know things are tough right now and here you are listening to us Talk about this ridiculous team. Uh, but hey, that's why you're here. That's why we're here. We're doing the show every week, no matter what, no matter how many games they lose in a row. Except except for next week when we don't do a show <laughs> but that's a more of a that's more of a programming I'm out of town I'm being in Hawaii so I'm gonna be Ooh, I'm gonna be feel bad for Nino. I'm gonna be out of the continental USA you guys so uh, you know so that's why we can't do the show not because we don't want to not because the team's losing it's just a matter of logistics
1: if you guys want let me know on Twitter I'll go on Instagram live for an hour and talk about there the Wolves go. or something next Full Thursday if, you really, if you're really if really missing it yeah if anybody says I'll yes. go, I'll go on Instagram live and talk about the team a little but <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing you know especially if if we lose that game to the Cavs we might not want to talk about the Wolves for a minute
0: yeah we still have you know still as we record this anyway uh, a, a, a winless December is in play so hopefully it doesn't get too bad. but we want to say thank you for listening to our show no matter what you know no matter what part of the year it is no matter how many games they've lost uh, you guys are listening. We really appreciate that. It's been a great 2019. And thanks for telling your friends about it. We don't yes, do any advertising. We that. We're really
1: we that. bad at it. In fact, yeah. our SEO is so bad. If you search Wolf's Cast, you have to go to the second page to find our or podcast. the second one, yeah. We're bad at this. So the only new listeners we get are from word of mouth. From all of you go- yeah. listeners, we, we appreciate it so much because uh, you're doing the job that we are apparently incapable of doing, <laughs> which is spreading the word about our podcast. So thanks for that. We really appreciate it. That's right.
0: So we're wrapping up here for 2019. We are off next week, uh, January the 2nd but uh excuse me january the 3rd but we will be back on uh january 10th with a brand new episode of wolves cast so hopefully the wolves will have won a game uh before that i believe Uh, (laughs) but yes uh yeah we will be back at that point but yeah thanks for listening here in in 2019 and here's to 2020 all you'll be getting this year is cole aldrich